It's Thursday on the Daily Wrestling News Show, and you know what that means. We're talking through the latest in wrestling rumors. I'll let you know whether these rumors came from and whether they can be trusted. In other words, I'll let you know if we're dealing in fact or bullshit. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MidsToBellTime.com, website, database, tracking pro wrestling around the world. On today's show, we're talking through all the rumors in segment one, including Ray Wyatt, King of the Ring, and more. We also have headlines for the last 24 hours, including a ton of news coming out of Last Night's Dynamite. The curator of rumors, John DeCondi, is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 26, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. And John DeCondi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning, sir. Beautiful day here in Jersey. How are things on the Treasure Coast? Uh, in the Treasure Coast, it's it's been beautiful, but it's been stormy. A little rain this morning. <laughs> but we're going to kick the show off with the rumors. And John, you've got a pile. I think we got nine rumors today. We're not going to rehash the stuff that we talked about over the last few days with your Becky Litches and your Sasha Banks and stuff like that. But you've got a whole other pile. So let's dig in. Yes, absolutely. I tried to avoid some redundancy, but the one that just keeps poking its head back up, and in my personal opinion, maybe I'm thinking too much or too little ahead, the one that got a little gas poured on the fire last night during Dynamite, Ray Wyatt to AEW. We saw some cracks in solidarity there of the Dark Order. Clearly, they're having a crisis of leadership. And there is a dark and ominous figure out there who will become available to them just about a week before full gear. What do you know? What do you say? The interesting thing about him is Dave Meltzer reported, I want to say two, three weeks ago, that things were very serious between Bray Wyatt and AEW. And it was not a lock and there was no pen to paper or anything, but it, it was pretty much considered that it was going to happen, that he was going to be going to AEW. And since that report, I'm starting to hear other reporters talk about it like it's fact as well. So it, it leads me to believe that there's an awful lot to that story. So that is interesting. Like the whole concept of the Dark Order having this crisis of leadership, like you spoke about, it's a tough situation. I don't know. I don't know if they could ever really appoint a new leader to the Dark Order, even in that segment last night. I think three out of the five people were wearing Brody Lee shirts still. Colt Cabana was wearing one, and I think Alex Reynolds is wearing one. So you have a, a split coming down. You have the Evil Uno, who is Dark Order OG, and then you have the Brody Lee recruits. So it's possible that we could maybe see a split and maybe Bray Wyatt peels some people off if that's what they're going for. But I, is that what you're thinking? You're thinking Bray Wyatt it could be figured into the Dark Order? Somewhere. Yeah, so, somewhere in the storyline, I, I don't think they'd ever, you know, well, they, Brody has become this figure in the company and rightly so, you know, very, very much revered. I don't think they would ever just say, okay, we're bringing in somebody to be the new leader. Maybe this new, maybe a, a new Wyatt or a Rotundo family comes in, brawls with the Dark Order, and then somehow takes over leadership of some new kind of group. And you still have guys with their Dark Order roots and their loyalty to Brody and something like that. Just, yeah, I, I don't expect them just to plug in a new leader. Yeah. So there's definitely something to the idea that Bray Wyatt is going to go AEW and how they factor him into the story is to be determined, but it does feel like they could have two groups coming out of this, where you have a group that aligns with Hangman Page 
in a group that aligns with Evil Uno, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson would need somebody above them, I think. So possibility that Bray Wyatt would fit that mold. Maybe Daniel Bryan would fit that mold. Maybe CM Punk would fit that mold. Uh, but Bray Wyatt's the one we're talking about at the moment. So maybe him. Yeah. Possibilities are endless, right? Okay. All right. Now we've already brought up multiple times the idea of a queen of the ring, possibly, and the ridiculous notion of the finals being in Saudi. Uh, but the whole way along, every time I've heard queen of the ring brought up, it was brought up on its own, at least as far as my eyeballs have come across. Now I see a blurb in the last couple of days saying that perhaps they will simultaneously be running the king of the ring tournament as well. What do you know? So Andrew Zarian of Batman Podcast, he actually did report King of the Ring, not at the same time, but shortly after he reported Queen of the Ring. And it, I think it just got drowned out in all the discussion about Queen of the Ring. But yeah, I guess King of the Ring, Saudi Arabia, I, it makes sense if they're going to continuously call this thing Crown Jewel every year that they put something like this there. But it, it's weird because I, King Sky Nakamura is great. And I just can't imagine them uh, taking that mantle from him. At this point, <laughs> so. maybe he's the uh, the final boss of the tournament. Yeah, is there is there somebody? So if they run this King of the Ring, is there somebody that you're thinking could potentially win that tournament? Anybody else in your in come to mind? You know, off the top of my head, before this past weekend, I would have said someone along the lines of uh, Damian Priest would have been good, but now he's got a belt. They, he doesn't need that title. Now I'm, I'm a little up in the air about it. Wouldn't it be? Hilarious if Corbin went like all the way to the finals again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it makes, he actually, I think, makes sense more than anybody else. But I think that maybe you could have a King of SmackDown and a King of Froth, and you keep whatever one Nakamura is on, this King is on the other one. But yeah. Yeah, it could be him. I would say somebody like Drew McIntyre makes sense at this point because they really don't have anything you know, go in for him and he's not in the title picture with Lashley. Maybe he will be with Roman if they flip him over there. But, um, but at the same time, the King of the Ring has been used to make somebody that's not been there yet to try to get them to the top and, and McIntyre's been there. So it doesn't make as much sense for him. I completely agree, sir. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. All right. So we saw Rich Holland face Timothy Thatcher this week. And uh, we saw the Pete Dunn, only Oregon, Danny Birch lump up Thatcher and the Champa afterwards. Thatcher had the NXT has since sent out a tweet saying that Thatcher will be out indefinitely. Do we have any idea? Is this real? Is this part of a storyline? What do we know? I don't know. It's a weird one because typically when you see an injury like that, all of the major news outlets pick it up and they talk about it and they write articles and stuff and they talk about. They reach out to their sources and find out how serious it is and if he's going to be out for a period of time. It's almost like crickets. Nobody's talking about this, which leads me to believe that it's storyline. But I hate to say that it's storyline and have it be an actual injury. So all, all I can say at this point is it's quiet on that front, which leads me to believe that it might be storyline. And I guess we'll see. The, the nice thing is they've got two weeks of tapings in the can. So if it's like a minor injury, he'll probably be back fairly soon. Ready? I guess it prevents Thatcher from interfering in the Champa Holland match next week. It's probably sure. what we're for. Which doesn't look good for Champa. <laughs> no. no. Okay. Sticking with NXT, we've heard that uh, moving forward, we're going to get uh, Johnny Gungano, Roderick Strong, and Pete Dunn as our lead bad guys. One of these folks 
he might not be around all that long. Yeah. Yeah. So Johnny Gargano, lead heel, talked about that yesterday with John Smith, followed by Roderick Strong. And, and I believe the correct, correct pronunciation now, since Kyle O'Reilly has corrected us, is Peter Dune. Peter Dune has a contract that is apparently in the same situation as Adam Coles was. And I know we talked about this at some point over the last few weeks, but we don't really know when it was set to expire, just that it creeped up on WWE the same way that Adam Coles creeped up on them. Now, Fightful reported yesterday that WWE did offer Pete Dunne a contract extension, although they could not get, they couldn't figure out exactly how long the extension was because uh, they had multiple sources telling them different things. So they weren't able to, to zero in on exactly how long the extension was or if Pete Dunne even signed it. So we're, I guess we're waiting and seeing, but it's true that Pete Dunne is in the situation that Adam Cole is in the sense that his contract is coming up, but we don't know whether he even signed an extension or if he'll be there long-term. Everything's quiet at the moment, but we'll have to keep our, our ears to this story because if Pete Dunne decides to move on from WWE, I think that's a big deal. Yeah, that leaves a big hole in NXT since it's right there at the top of that card that is being restocked. So you, you know, usually restocked from the bottom up. So we'll lose. He's just not the, he's unfortunate for him. He is an excellent wrestler, but he's not. We look at all the, the over six foot and over 220. Pete Dunn did everything he could to not be 220. I think he's about 190 pounds right now. He is cut. He yeah. Is lean, he is thin, but yeah, he doesn't fit their mold in what they were rebranding to. So I don't know if he sees that writing on the wall, maybe he makes a, a changes his mind or something and goes someplace else. But I'm sure there's lots of places that would love to have him, especially now that he's living over in the States. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. While they were out in Vegas, WWE filmed a lot of content for Baron Corbin. We've seen a little bit of a leak already online. It looks like things are turning up. Are we going to finally see Happy Corbin? Yeah, so you're right. Baron Corbin, there's lots of videos. If you go show to Baron Corbin's Twitter, he's there. you can scroll back to SummerSlam and you can watch the videos. And yes, he won the money and then he went and spent the night in a presidential suite. He went out for caviar and steak and all that stuff. And then he ended up at a cash-only hotel because he lost all the money, but then apparently he got it back. It's a whole thing that they're playing out. Apparently Corbin is on the upswing. But a major swerve is set to happen on SmackDown, according to PW Insider. Uh, PW Insider also said that they had some filming with Chris Angel planned, but they didn't know if that actually came through and they actually were able to film there. So I would expect if you have not seen any of this and this is all news to you, it would I'd find it hard to believe that WWE would not show us all of these clips or at least a montage on Friday. So I don't think you need to go seek it out. but. It sounds like, yes, Barrett Corbin, he made it rich in Vegas and he's sliding back down for, <laughs> for Friday. I've never been more entertained by Barrett Corbin than in the last month. <laughs> he's definitely hit his stride. <laughs> All right. Okay. Kofi Kingston, he was not on the road to this SummerSlam weekend. What do we know? Uh, I don't know the injury or what the situation is, but. Uh, I do have PW Insider did reach out to WWE and they got a confirmation that he was not cleared. So that was a true story. And he was planned to be part of the SummerSlam skit with Miz and Morrison and the uh, pure life thing, the water thing, the, the dripstick 2000 or whatever. Soaker. 
Yeah. So he was playing for that skip, but not cleared. And when they say he's not out with injury, when they say he's not clear, it probably means that he has COVID, but I can't say for sure, but that put one, put two and two together. And that's probably what we're at. So yeah. And uh, along those same lines, we might get a little visitor or maybe an old friend coming back to sit next to Michael Cole because Pat McAfee doesn't look like he's going to be there. Yeah, Pac McAfee was very open about it. Came right out on on Twitter yesterday to say that he has COVID. He had a 104 degree temperature, so he is not going to be on SmackDown tomorrow. But do you have any thoughts on who could take his place? Because I, I don't know if they haven't announced anybody to take his place. And it, maybe it's Corey Graves just to make a quick stop in. But any other thoughts? Just for old time's sake, why not bring the king back for a couple years? Especially if they're going to announce King of the Ring or Queen of the Ring here pretty soon and maybe take advantage of the situation and do that. Well, makes sense. I guess they don't have to make it Jerry the King Lawler. They could also make it King Booker. Any, any, uh, one of those two could come back and fill that role. Or maybe they do it two weeks in a row. They announce King of the Ring this week and Queen of the Ring next week. So There you go. <laughs> Okay. I, I love when these come up. This one seems to have uh, some solidity to it, but WWE is trademarked a new term. Where we at? Yeah. WWE day one is the name of their pay-per-view for January 1st. And that is that they filed for the trademark for that. So uh, I would assume they're going to get WWE day one, the trademark for that. But yeah, that's their pay-per-view for the January 1st pay-per-view in Atlanta. Nice. Okay. And lastly, this is just brimming with BS, but Scott DeMore was at a baseball game, maybe threw a few too many back. Maybe he's just screwing with us, but he let a few things slip. What do you know about this? Yeah. Whether he let a few things slip or he's doing exactly what you're saying and just like screwing with us. I, I think it's the latter. I think he's definitely screwing with us. Yeah. He mentioned he was at a, he was at a baseball game and he was sitting with some people and he said he. He talked about Buddy Murphy making his Impact Wrestling debut on this Thursday, which we know, I, I was going to say it cannot happen because his non-compete doesn't run out until 8.31. But I do understand that WWE was somewhat generous in giving out, letting people out of their non-competes. But it would be very weird for Buddy Murphy to get out of his non-compete like four, four or five days before it was actually set to expire. That would be pretty weird. So I think... It's pretty safe to say that Scott Demore was just having a little fun at the ball game. And he did say we're on the road to Braun for glory. Also seems far fetched that, that of all the wrestling companies out there impact, it was like the little engine that could would satisfy Braun Strowman's contract demands. I think that seems far fetched Braun for glory. Yes, but Scott to MVP, he's the great, he's the greatest. Yeah, retains his championship as the number one authority figure on wrestling television. Yeah, absolutely. Dripping in sarcasm with everything he says. All right, we have a whole bunch more stuff to talk about in the second part of the show. We were going to talk about AEW Dynamite from last night. And I guess, John, while we're in this segment, we might as well talk about the, the CM Punk's kind of confirmation of a rumor last night, right? We were talking about it. Cassidy Haynes from Bodyslam.net all these months ago now put out there that Daniel Bryan had signed with AEW and he was set to debut at Grand Slam and everything. And as the crowd in Milwaukee chanted, yes, at CM Punk yesterday, Punk said that's somebody else's catchphrase and you should be a little bit more patient. So it seems a confirmation that 
Brian Danielson is going to make his way over to AEW. It, it, it almost seemed like at this point, if it wasn't going to happen, AEW would have had to say at this point, oh, that's not happening because there's too much yeah. hype around it. Yeah. yeah, I guess they can just let that hang out there because the, once again, the rumors say that we'll, we might most likely see him in New York City at Arthur Ashe Stadium. So we still got plenty of buildup for All Out. So they could be avoiding that. But yeah, the fact that the, that the crowd spontaneously erupted into the S chip and CM Punk felt the need to address it. It, it makes you say, Ooh, goody, goody. <laughs> first of all, we know that CM Punk can say anything he wants on television at this trip. <laughs> they're not, they're not taking the gloves off there. The other thing is with this whole thing they did with CM Punk and rampage at the United center, I don't think they could quite get away with the same thing with Daniel Bryan. I don't think they could sell 15,000 tickets to a rampage for Daniel Brian's debut, but I think they could set up a different event. I think they could run something in Seattle or Tacoma or something and sell a lot of tickets. Uh, if they get into a market that, that Brian's, you know, Brian's got a lot of name value. The Arthur Ashe has already been sold out. So they can't, it doesn't really, to me, it doesn't really make sense to debut him there because while well, it's a big show and it's a lot of fun, I think they could do the same thing they did with Punk and get a lot of more mileage out of Daniel Bryan's debut if they just make it the least, uh, the worst kept secret in wrestling part two. So true. Yeah. And maybe after the incredible success of the night in this United Center, I think maybe the original, or at least the way I took it, was the original idea of debuting him there in Arthur Ashe was it was going to be a big event so that pop would be that much bigger. And it was right here in your backyard, Vince, and here's one of your fellas. Yeah. I don't feel like they need to go that far. <laughs> Although if, if they were having trouble selling tickets there, they could have certainly, Brian would have helped, but oh, yeah. they weren't having trouble selling tickets there. In fact, they did much better than WWE did in Madison Square Garden in 910. Yeah. All right. That said, we, we're going to talk about all the rest of the AEW news in the second part of the show. So stick with us. We'll be right back in about a minute and a half. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support.
gentlemen, it's headlines portion of the show and AEW was extremely eventful last night in terms of getting some announcements done. Lots of stuff coming out. What'd you think of the show last night? Uh, good show as always. Uh, that all out card is certainly uh, filling out nicely and, and I'm real excited for Rampage, but I'm sure you'll, you'll touch on that shortly. Yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, we're on the road to all out. We only have one more dynamite left and we have two more Rampages. So as we talk about the events that are happening in Chicago next week, I will be there for all of them. So that, that's getting fun for all out. We have some updates. The Casino Battle Royal now includes Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, Diamante, Tay Conti, Red Velvet, Under Rosa, Allie, Big Squall, and Julia Hart. Did some counting yesterday to see, went out to the AW website just to see how many female talents they have, sure. whether or not they could fill out the 21 people required for the Casino Battle Royal. And if you include all of the Japanese talent that they have, it looks like they're coming about two people shy. And that's if you include all of the Japanese talent. That means you know, we know Emi Sakura has come back. We haven't seen her yet. So that could be like a big fun thing to do. We'll bring her back at that point. We haven't seen her in a while, but as far as I know, she was moving back here. So we actually haven't seen Sheeta in quite a while. So she'll probably be in the Battle Royal. But so we're, it looks like we're fixing to get a couple of surprises. Ruby Riot's having some car trouble and she's missing her trades and stuff. So I don't know if she's going to make it to Chicago. Also, she was heading to New York, stealing a car with New Jersey plates. So I don't know if she's going to find her way there, but I think she's a leading lead candidate for the Joker. Anybody else that you've got your, your eyes on to make some sort of surprise debut in the Casino Battle Royale? Yeah. I wonder if we won't see the Iconics or someone like that, or maybe someone just walks through the forbidden door from impact just to help fill it out. But yeah, it, it's been, my head's been going like, where are they going to come up with 21 women then? So there, there definitely should be a couple of surprises, even if they're just one-offs, even if they're just singular appearances, we should get a couple of nice surprises. The thing with, uh, with the casino battle Royal is that you have different suits and you have basically a quarter of the field come out at a time. Wouldn't it be cool if one whole quarter of the field was impact? Yeah, that would absolutely. be neat. <laughs> and Deanna Ferrazzo has been saying, why haven't I walked through the forbidden door yet? So she's been pretty vocal about it. So it would be pretty cool to have Deanna walk through holding two belts, jumping in that casino battle royal. I don't know if she won though. I don't know how they'd book a winner of the, of the Brick Baker match versus Deanna. So yeah, unless it's a return favor and. Now, one of the impact talents holds all the gold. <laughs> that would be interesting. We also have MJF versus Chris Jericho with Chris Jericho's career on the line. This is a move that everybody saw coming. And I wonder if we wished it into existence because the labors of Jericho, as they started going, it felt that's what it was. And people started talking about that being his, like his, you know, final tour or whatever. And I wonder if they weren't thinking that up front. And then as the wheel started spinning, they're like, okay, let's take advantage of this and do this. I think Jericho is going to win this match at all out though. I don't think he's, he's too, he's in too good shape to hang up his boots. I think. Yeah, exactly. I think if it had turned out the way we all originally thought where that was going to be the fifth labor, that was going to be how Jericho got the match with MJF. That made sense for him to lose and walk away. Like you said. I don't think he's ready to walk away. And he has said on multiple occasions recently, 
that he doesn't want to do a big last match. He wants to wrestle where he wants to, where it makes sense, where they drop him in, and go away with minimal fanfare, no, you know, sayonara tour or anything like that. Just one day you'll realize, hey, yeah, Chris Jericho hasn't wrestled in quite some time, and he's just smoothly moved into broadcast anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. I, my early money is on Chris Jericho, but we'll see how the go-home goes next week. Rick Baker, her opponent, is Chris Statlander. We thought it was down between her and Thunder Rosa, but it is Chris Statlander for the pay-per-view, which is good. That means that they can hold off Thunder Rosa for a little bit longer because when they do that return, when they do that next Thunder Rosa Britt Baker match, it's going to be something special. Yeah, the the that angle was fun the first time. I'm sure it'll be just as much, if not more, fun the second time. Yeah, and John Moxley he sent a stack. He said of contracts over to Japan, and only one came back, and it was Satoshi Kojima. Uh, which I'll, I'll say this. New Japan is getting ravaged with COVID. They have had, they have a lot of people that are out and they're running major shows on September 4th and 5th. So it, I can see where they probably weren't going to send one of their top guys back because frankly, they need to keep all of their top people over because such a large percentage of the roster is coming down with COVID. So I get it. But with all the hype of, oh, it's going to be Tanahashi or it's going to be somebody big to get Kojima. I love Kojima. I'm not going to say anything bad about Kojima, but he's not one of the guys that you want on pay-per-view to be facing Mox. Yeah, we just got, <clears throat> sorry, we just got exposed to him in his uh, short run there at Impact, and he was a lot of fun and his matches were, but yeah, not exactly what you saw coming from Moxley of all people at all. Yeah. And then we still, we don't have, we don't have an Eddie Kingston and Miro match inked yet, but Miro is... Miro's promo work is getting so good. I'll tell you that. We'll see. We'll see if they do that for all out. That see that that should be Arthur Ashe, I think, because you get Eddie Kingston in his hometown area. Unless unless Kingston's not going to win, I guess. If Kingston's going to get tapped out, maybe you don't do that in New York. But if Kingston were, if they're thinking Kingston's going to win this TNT Championship, maybe put that off to New York. Yeah, that's something I really hadn't even considered. But yeah, they are putting a decent. It's a one-sided build, but they're, they've been talking, they've had Miro talk about this on multiple occasions now, so could be right there. That would be something big to do with Arthur Ashe. It's weird that they haven't put a microphone in Kingston's hands, right? Like, he's a promo man. He, he just, like, spits at venom. And Miro's been, Miro's been calling him out. He's going to defeat him in front of God, and God will forgive him and all that stuff. And, like, and it's just weird that they haven't put a microphone in front of in Eddie Kingston's hands, but I guess it'll have to happen on Rampage or Dynamite because they got to finish this card up. So absolutely. Next week in Chicago, we have Brian Cage versus Will Hobbs, Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans, FTR versus Santana Ortiz, where FTR cash, he is not a hundred percent, but he's going to take this match, I guess. And uh, if you want to see pictures of Cash's injury, they're available. He has them on his Instagram as it's in the, it's one of those ones where you have to swipe to see the second picture. And as you do that, Instagram's going to warn you that it's graphic before, and you have to click through to see the photo. Uh, and it is graphic and it's gross. So keep swiping. Jim Ross has an in-ring interview with Chris Jericho. Tony Schiavone has a sit down interview with MJF. I guess he drew the short straw there. <laughs> And I fully expect there's probably one to two more matches that they'll announce maybe on Rampage or throughout the next week. They added two for Dynamite this week on Tuesday. So 
I think there'll be more there. And then uh, Rampage on Friday this week, we have Tay Conti versus The Buddy. We have Kenny Omega and Brandon Cutler versus Frankie Kazarian and Christian Cage. I guess Brandon Cutler's there to take the L, but maybe Brandon Cutler will pin Christian Cage to beat the ultimate insult. But Jurassic Express versus Lucha Bros, the winner is going to advance to All Out to face the Young Bucks in the Steel Cage. So it's a pretty good lineup for for Rampage. You got the world champion on there. You got a good women's match that we haven't seen in a lot. We haven't seen this match at all. And, and that tag match is going to be outstanding, I think. I'm still, I'm so on the fence with this. You and so somebody else uh, picked Jurassic Express to not only go on to All Out, but even win there. And that makes a lot of sense to me. But God, I really want to see the Bucks and the Lucha Bros again. I know. Um, I think I've said before, when uh, uh, Travis and I and Maggie, my wife, we all went to All Out in 2019. And we saw the Escalera de la Morta, which is the ladder match. And man, it was incredible. And I think that match actually brought people back into wrestling that were casual fans before, because that match was a roller coaster of a ride. And it wasn't even the main event of the show. It probably should have been. Right. But they were establishing a brand new world champion, Chris Jericho, on that show. So it made sense that Jericho would go on last. But that match was in. Incredible. So to see them in a cage, that'd be a lot of fun too. But I just feel like Jungle Boy is going to get some gold. Oh, uh, at yeah, the end. It does feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like Lee Johnson is going to be Malachi Black's next victim. I, I don't understand what the Nightmare family is thinking, why they're coming down one at a time to face this guy. <laughs> they need to. Uh, they should have been Lee Johnson and all of the Gun Club and Dustin Rhodes coming down, but. I suspect that either at the Dynamite or the Rampage that precedes All Out, there's going to be a big angle that sets up Malachi Black's match for All Out. Because I he'll be on the show. And I, I think it's too early for Cody to come back. I think he's going to take this All Out pay-per-view off. But I could see him and Malachi Black doing full year and maybe Dustin doing this one. So... That makes sense. Uh, and then regarding CM Punk, I just want to mention Tony Khan was said yesterday in an interview that it was the best deal he's ever done. Not just in wrestling, but he's ever done. It's the best deal he's ever done. And that he also, when pressed, said that Punk probably did pay for himself on day one. So for the people out there that think that he's just buying up people to put out there and he's not running a business, this was not one of those cases. Yeah. And another week for, right for the next year or two years, he's already paid for himself. <laughs> and another little blurb about punk, just as much as I love him. He's just a big fat liar because every time someone has put a microphone in front of his face prior to the last month where he was giving little hints and dropping little things, it was always, I have no interest in uh, the wrestling business. I have you know, no thoughts of this, that, or the other thing. One of the uh, almost, it almost made it into the rumor roundup, but it, it, there really was nothing there. But it, 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 it's worth mentioning that not only did Punk legitimately pay for all the ice cream bars in Chicago, the company made a point of saying that Punk first reached out to them with the idea about this two years ago. So right. he's been at least thinking about this for that long. Wrestlers are big fat liars. So I'm <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The ice the the ice cream company you're saying 
he reached out to the ice cream company two years ago. So right. yeah. Yes. I think I mentioned that. I think I mentioned that maybe last week when or two weeks ago when we were talking about this, talking about Punk going on that radio show and saying, oh yeah, I've got a premiere for the episode three of Heels that week or whatever. Wrestlers and promoters and everybody that's involved in the industry, they are by their very nature trying to work us at all times. That is their job to make us think that something that's not real is real. And it absolutely makes a hundred percent that they're going to be very good at spinning a story. That's what they do. Indeed. The only other headline I have, and it's not AEW at this point, is uh, Major League Wrestling announced that they are going to have the Opera Cup on October 2nd at the 2300 Arena. The Opera Cup is a tournament. It's, I'd say it's one night. They're going to do it in one night here, but though they have in the past released it over several weeks on their television show. Previously won by Davey Boy Smith Jr. and then Tom Waller. So we'll see who gets to wear the crown this week or this year. Yes, indeed. And then light up for tonight, we have Impact Wrestling. We have Steve Macklin. He's in action on BTI. And then on the main show for Impact, we have the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Christian Cage will be there. Chris Bay versus David Finley, Chris Saban versus Sammy Callahan, and Taylor Wilde versus The Influence and Caleb with a K in a handicap match. The Influence is Madison Ray and Tennille Bashwood. So we were debating earlier this week whether it was a handicap match. It sounds like it's just a handicap. It's one on three. So yeah, that's very interesting. And NXT UK this afternoon, Joe Coffey versus Rampage Brown, number three. Only knockout, only submission. That's the only way you can win this match. No pinfalls. So no count out, no disqualification. There must be a knockout or a submission to win. So that's going to be crazy. And if that's not crazy enough, they also have a no DQ match between Jenny and Aifa Valkyrie. Aifa Valkyrie. But Joseph Connors will be testing out the shark cage that Paul Heyman's sure to be in in a few months. And then the UK Heritage Cup tournament continues with Kenny Williams versus Oliver Carter. And... That is it for today, but tomorrow we have Becky and Brock both advertised for SmackDown. So good stuff. Yeah. Many things will become at least a little bit clearer tomorrow with SmackDown. Yeah. Whether or not. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they're really going to pull the trigger on Becky being a heel and whether or not we're going to have Brock Lesnar for an upcoming pay-per-view or something. All right. Well, that said, John, anything that we left off in the whole wide world of wrestling today? Can't imagine how that's possible. We've touched it all. All right. Then for John, I'm Ryan. We'll see everybody back here on Monday for a continuation of the Daily Wrestling News Show. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you then.